yet be in there, but we had uh, we were just talking about things that bother us, and uh, I got to thinking about this matter of how to conquer fear. I don't think that I've ever met anybody that's completely void of some kind of fear in their life. They, they, it's something that bothers them, something that uh, they're, I don't mean completely afraid of, but it's just there. I know that uh, when I was younger, I didn't like to come into an empty house. I just always wondered, was there somebody in there if I come in by myself? And, and if I worried about that. There's a lot of things that uh, it seems like that we're afraid of. So tonight, I'd like to have prayer for uh, just uh, for our people that God would get us back safe in church and take care of our people. So many sick, but we just ask you to bless. Let's ask the Lord to bless us. Heavenly Father, we do pray for those. Lord, it's on our prayer sheet and pray for Shelly and Ron tonight and Ms. Harden and different others, Lord, that just need your hand on them. We pray, Lord, that you'll take care of our people. Let us see the importance of meeting together to worship you now. We ask you to bless tonight as we study your word. It's already been a great blessing to me just to read and study to get ready for tonight. So I ask you, dear Lord, to bless us again now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And uh, turn over to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. I didn't understand the book of Revelation like I wanted to until I got uh, Dr. Adrian Rogers, great preacher, one of the greatest Bible preachers that I've ever known, and uh, I got his whole sermon, sermon here all the way through the book of Revelation. And I studied behind him over and over those tapes that I got from him. And uh, I understand now, more than I ever have, the book of Revelation is about the Lord Jesus Christ because the first verse of Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the book of Revelation is simply the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ in types and in figures and so on. And so when the Bible is talking about the churches, the uh, churches here that he's going to be talking about, he's talking about the devil and Satan and hell and just everything that has to do with life itself. And uh, in the future especially. And you got to understand something. All that has to do with the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, uh, let me read it to you and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Just a few verses. Beginning in verse 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in this isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. See that little word as there? That does not mean his voice was a trumpet. 
it just seeing his voice was so loud that it sounded like a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and last. What thou seest, write in a book. Send it in the seven churches which are in Asia, under Ephesus, and under Smyrna, and under Pergamos, and Tatara, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. In the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and a girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like in the fine brass, if they had burned in a furnace, and his voice as a sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in strength. There in verse 16 where it says sharp two-edged sword, that's the word of God. Hebrews says it's sharper than a two-edged sword. In verse 17, when I saw him, that is Jesus, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And how? The keys of hell and of death. Pray with me, please. Father, I pray again now that I ask you to bless the reading of thy word to help us to understand that we are to fear you, but not the things of the world that bother the unsaved. We're yours. We're in your hand. Bless us, we pray tonight now in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe one of the greatest problems people face today uh, always has been by men is fear. I also know it was part of the mission of, and message of Jesus to deliver mankind from the horrible grip of fear itself. When I lost my voice the other day with this mess I got, it scared me to death because I can't imagine not having a voice to be able to preach. I just, uh, that worried me quite a bit. One of the most surprising things I found out about a stressful, nervous, modern civilization is the fact that most people are in a stronghold of fear. And this fact affects all classes of people. The high, the low, the rich, the poor, the educated, the ignorant, the old, the young, it grips everybody. They have fears of all kinds, fears of themselves, fear of the past, fear of others, fear of the present, fear of the future, fear of sickness, fear of death, and fear of poverty. And you go on and on. Now the Bible is the one book that answers all the questions that we have about fear. There are two words that stand out like mountain peaks in the Bible. That is the words of fear not. With these words, God comforted Abraham. He said to Abraham, Fear not, Abram. I am the shield and thy exceeding great reward. 
God also said to Isaac, had his only task of digging wells in the wilderness. Fear not. He also said God comforted Jacob when his little boy Joseph was lost somewhere in Egypt. With these words, God comforted the Israelites at the Red Sea when Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. I think one of the key words of learning not to fear is be still. Just be still, wait on the Lord. But notice the two words, fear not, stand out here and there in the Bible as part of a great Christian inheritance. The greatest thing we could do is note very carefully whenever these words occur in the Bible and note their relations to those words. Three supreme matters which concern every man is life, death, and eternity. In Revelation 1, verse 17 and 18, God bids us to be unafraid of life, of death, and eternity. And I want to take each one of those for just a few minutes. First of all, Jesus tells us to be unafraid of life. Verse 17 and 18 of Revelation 1, Jesus says, He is the first and the last. I am he that liveth. Now, is the fear of life real? To many a person it is today. Fear is constantly with them. This is one fact alone that explains so many suicides. Two different men I preach funerals for, each putting a gun to their head and blowing their brains out. Both were afraid they would lose their uh, younger wife to some older man. One I personally dealt with who tried cutting their wrists and dying. They couldn't cope with fear of death. Another young girl I went to see, her mother, after she overdosed on drugs, her mother said she just couldn't fit in with her crowd. Many a person today is afraid to go out with, uh, uh, with their life. I believe I know the answer to that is people are afraid because they are so dependent. Now, we're utterly dependent upon God and greatly dependent upon each other. Sometimes you hear some proud smart addict say, I am independent. Well, I don't need anyone. But I say to them every time, wrong, sir. Let that same person tell us, please, of whom is he independent of and how and where and when and why. Because we're all bound together in the bundle of life. The Bible says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. I think one of the loneliest things and saddest things to me, and I preached two especially that I can bring to memory right now, when I preached their funeral, there was nobody there but me and them and the funeral director. And that was it. And I think that's sad. And what I'm saying is, when none of us live it to himself, the Bible says, and no man die to himself. And so we, the strange and often trying providence that calls us an everyday lie, most of us ask ourselves questions like these, is this battle of life? Will I come out all right? 
Will I disappoint the expectations of my loved ones and friends? And I can say to you today that that's one of the reasons God has pinned down experiences of great men in the Bible. When I get disappointed and when I get to worried about things and start questioning things, I go through the Bible and I pick out great men that God used in the Bible. And God uh, recorded, seemed fit to record the good times and the bad times of great men in the Bible. He did that for a purpose, that we would learn that God takes care of His own. And I say to you today, that's one of the reasons. Now, even Moses trembled before his mighty responsibilities, and he said this in fear, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. That's exactly how I felt when God called me to preach. It scared me to death because I was afraid to stand before people. And I can understand that. But I got an example. Moses, even Solomon, trembled at his vast responsibilities. And he said, And now, O Lord my God, Thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. Many times in life we're like Paul who said, Who is sufficient for these things? Many times when we have to make important decisions, and a lot of times they're life and death decisions, we say with Paul, Who is sufficient for these things? Yet Jesus always comes to us saying, Do not be afraid of life. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's why I love that old song, Constantly Abiding, Jesus is Mine. I listen, I listen to Brother Roll preach on the radio station just about once a week. And uh, that's one of his old songs. And I love them. You don't have to be afraid of life for this simple reason. Jesus is always with you in life. Again, Jesus be, bids us be not afraid of death. In verse 18 of Revelation chapter 1, he says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. It's no wonder that death casts oppression shadow about us because death is experienced utterly strange to each one of us. I like what old brother uh, preacher years ago said, I ain't died yet. Amen. I ain't experienced that yet. And it's something that you worry about, something you never experienced. Uh, a poet wrote this, It is born when snow traveler returns. The black camel kneels at every gate. With equal pace, impartial fate, knocks at the palace and the college gate. And that's the truth. Death comes to us all. People today are trying to get to the other planets, trying to live forever, never die. Some are trying to uh, suspend their bodies in frozen the state hoping to revive them one day in a deathless world. Some fear dying so bad they won't leave their homes. They won't be near people. And when they have to be near people, they as soon as they live, leave, they clean everything and wipe everything down. 
I used to go see this lady, elderly lady that uh, was a friend of ours, and and I'd go in, she'd invite me in, and I'd turn around and shut the door, and she'd go right behind me where the handkerchief wiping the door handle off. And that's wherever I sit down, as soon as I got up, she'd wipe the couch off or wipe the chair off. Anything you touched in that house, as soon as you got through with it, she wiped it down. She's afraid she's going to get some germ or something that would kill us. Now, Jesus wants us to know more about death. Jesus knows all about the grave. You know why? He's been there. Jesus will one day destroy completely uh, this our last enemy. In Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. Turn to just a minute. These are, these are verses that I go to quite a bit just to read for my own comfort. In verse 51 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Behold, I show you a mystery. And by the way, death is a mystery. We should not all sleep, but we shall be all changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So then, when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Sting of death is sin. Now you think about that just a minute. Jesus has already won the victory over death. He's already won the victory over sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Just a few weeks or a couple of months ago, I preached a good friend of mine's funeral, and he was dying. The doctor told him he was dying while I was standing there by him. He said, "Sir, do you want to be resuscitated? Do you want to, be, or do you want me to just uh, let you die with dignity and not put all these things on you?" He said, "Well, I want to live as long as I can." And so they put these machines on him and breathing for him and everything. And throughout the day, he was almost like he was afraid. But I had got to lead him to the Lord, and I sat there and read him scripture by his bedside. And at the end of the day, he said, I'm ready. You can take them off now. And it's amazing how God, when it comes time for you to die, to take that fear away from you. And he will. He'll take care of it because he has already conquered that. Jesus bid us be unafraid of eternity. In John 14, verse 1 through 6, is one of my favorite scriptures when it comes to this matter. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Jesus simply said, Because I live, you shall live also. I go to prepare a place for you. Now that's good enough for me. Jesus is my pilot. He's my righteousness. He's my Savior. He's my advocate. He's my promise of infallible guy. He's my infallible guy, even unto death and throughout the vast beyond forever. Now, the important thing is, we need to learn to say, He leadeth me. Now, if you can, you don't have to fear life, death, or eternity. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 16. I love this verse because I love kings anyhow. Just reading the stories. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Anytime you're ever laying by yourself and 
and the old fear going through your mind and you're just thinking on things you ought not to think of. You remember this. There's more with us than there are in the world. Did you know God's got angels around us fighting the devil for us? All through the Bible he talks about that. There's more with us than there are with them. David said in Psalm 49, verse 5, Wherefore should I fear in the days of evil? Then in verse 15 he said, But God redeemed my soul from the power of the grave. Then in Psalms 50, verse 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will answer thee. Amen? And so, so why should any Christian live in fear? We shouldn't. Now all of us do it at different times. But we shouldn't. We ought to trust the Lord. And He will take care of us. I take Him at His word. I take Him at His promise. And I know He will. And I love to encourage people, just trust the Lord. Put your life in His hands. I remember uh, my little boy, when I used to set him on the hood of the car, say, jump. And I'd catch him. And he wasn't scared of anything. When I'm around, he'd jump off of it. Catch me, Daddy. And he'd catch me with my back turned sometimes. Catch me, Daddy. I'd turn around and catch him. I never dropped him. And you know what made him not fear dropping? Because I never missed. I always caught him. And there's one thing I've learned about my Lord. He's right there to catch you. And he's never dropped anybody. Amen. He's faithful. That's the joy of being a Christian. And I live, I, I deal as a pastor, I suppose, I deal more with this matter of fear in people's lives than any other subject. And it's, it's, when we think of fear, we think of maybe somebody breaking into our house or, or with a gun or trying to kill us. Or, and no, it, it's more than that. Did you, your mind runs all the time. It never stops. It's always running. It's always thinking. And it's always bringing things into our life that don't even usually happen. We'll, be a, we'll, we'll sit there and worry about everything. If this happens, what am I going to do? If this happens, what am I going to do? And it's just always fear going through our minds all the time. And something working on us all the time. And the only the victory over all of that is hold them in your hands. And I know I'll be all right. No matter what's going through your mind. If you're afraid of something, something might happen. And usually, they don't ever come past anyhow. We, we just trust the Lord, and He sees us from day to day. This past week, I worried myself to death about a couple of days about a couple of things, and uh, a couple of days later, it didn't even happen. Morning didn't even come to happen. And I said, in all that time, I'm worried for nothing. And here it is, God doesn't take care of it. And that's the way God works. And we've got to learn to trust Him. Amen. Stand with me, would you please? Heavenly Father, we're so glad we're saved tonight. We're so glad we love Your Word. And You brought us there. You brought us to the place that we could always trust You and rely on You. Because You always have taken care of us all these years. And that's proof. But if I didn't have anything else to rely on, I have Your Word. And that's enough for me. Bless us tonight, we pray down in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here.